Hi everyone, welcome to the Park Street Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Pennington, and we're trying something a little different with this episode because we know that everyone has a preference for how they like to learn new information. Some people prefer being at their computer and watching a video during the day, and others prefer a podcast where they can listen anytime on the go. So this time around, we've turned one of our recent, more popular videos into a podcast episode for those of you who prefer this format. In it, you'll hear Heather Boyd, the Managing Director of USRTD Division at Beam Centauri, tackle one of the hottest topics in the industry right now, launching an RTD cocktail. She'll cover some important factors to consider if you're building a brand and how to accurately and effectively market it. You can also find the link to her video on YouTube in the description below if you want to check out the deck that goes along with her talk. Without further ado, we hope you like this presentation from Heather Boyd. Heather Boyd. I uh, am a managing director of Ready to Drink at Beam Centauri, which is a global spirits company, number two by value in the U.S. I've been in the industry for just under 20 years, so I'm catching you um, slowly, but have been in and around the RTD space since about 2005 with the turnaround of Smirnoff Ice when I worked at Diageo. And I can tell you at that time, my mantra was always around the possibility of where the space could go. And I can't tell you how exciting it's been with the last five, seven years with the onslaught of seltzers, of how that has just changed the game entirely as to how interesting this space is, the quality cues that we see behind it, and what's possible. So the focus of my presentation today is going to be talking a little bit around just the paradigm shifts that we're seeing that are really foundational shifts in our industry that are breaking boundaries that like, we haven't seen before, at least in my career, and some of the moves of some of the players that are coming in and, and creating those blurring of the lines, but also some of the implications if you're an innovator, if you're a small business, if you're a bigger business thinking about innovating in this space, some implications that we're starting to see as it relates to transparency, the better for you space, the whole ingredients, you hear all of these trends right now. So to, to dovetail what these guys were talking about, one of the things that's been so exciting is really to see the quality uptick of what we've seen in this industry. And I can tell you from my earlier days at Diageo, we tried and tried and tried and tried to break through the spirit space. It's challenging from a taxation standpoint. It's challenging from an access standpoint. But really the biggest barrier was perceived quality for the price. And what you've seen is with the advent of innovation with the cleanliness of the malt bases, IRC sugar bases that we saw with White Claw and Truly, people started trying this stuff and being like, it's better for you. And actually, you don't get the off notes that you would get that some of what I call the OGs, I'll, I'll pick on Smirnoff Ice because it was my first love. But, you know, but with that, that like, you, we used sugar in the past to really offset some of those off notes and then heavy flavoring. So on point where we have one of our brands on the rocks, which is really starting to break through the ready to enjoy space in a way where RTDs aren't so much your you know, pre-mixed margarita that's um, sticky sweet, but we're actually bringing a product to market that's bar quality, mixed by a mixologist, and is bar strength, and it's, it's just a beautiful pour backed by um, Suntory's biggest brands. And this is, you know, what we've seen from consumers. It's reframing how high is up what the bar of quality is for this space, not only from the pre-mix in a can, but also pour-overs coming from a bottle. One of the things that Beam Centauri, as we look to bring some game-changing moves into this space, is not only is um, spirits, you know, coming in the likes with the high noon over here, but also as we um, as we're entering, you know, that spirit space and, and building our business, the access to beer 
is really important for us too, just because it's four times the number of outlets and the price advantage is there. And so we forged a strategic venture with Boston Beer to be able to grow our brands from their business and to our business to build mega brands that cross the category. It's been a really exciting and successful partnership for us. And what we're seeing here is we have big beverage. And, you know, I mean, Coke, like, yeah, the announcement yesterday coming through with Coke, uh, not a big surprise. They were already coming in and partnering with Topo Chico in this space. I mean, they're, they're making really big moves. Same thing with Pepsi. I mean, hard Mountain Dew is, is game-changing right now from a velocity standpoint. Uh, but also our, our big beer and spirits leaders um, as we come in and challenging these incumbents and sort of changing the conversation of, of the quality of products that we're bringing. And we're breaking brownies here. So I mentioned Mountain Dew. Truly Vodka is one of the products that we've brought to market in partnership with Boston Beer. has been absolutely phenomenal. You see the power and scale of a brand like Truly coming into the spirit space, and it's, it's pretty game-changing. We just can't keep up with the volume on this. And then bringing um, wine buyers into the spirits aisle with On the Rocks. Um, that's where we're finding we're sourcing the majority of our volume from. So for a spirits company to be able to do that, where you're bringing in customers with greater frequency into your aisles, where they've been previously shopping wine, previously shopping the consumer box, I'll call it, and, and how do we kind of bring them in? And so it's a really exciting space for spirits to continue to break through. And there's a big macro trend. I mean, consumers want choice. It's exciting. It's a trend-driven category, but they're also chasing better for you. And you'll see, you know, this, there's a lot of trends here, but there's some real implications for this for you as a supplier or an innovator as we kind of try to crack this trend, which is such a foundational macro trend for how we talk about our products and how we construct them. And what you see is that, we, you know, we're, we as suppliers are, are trying to tap into this mindful drinking of, you know, people are caring about what they're putting in their bodies and they're looking for transparency. So the focus on real ingredients and processes, authentic flavors, innovations with additional benefits, and messaging healthier and better for you ingredients. But as we kind of look at our industry, it's actually, um, we're regulated, but pretty inconsistently regulated. So depending on the base, depending, you could be regulated by the um, FDA or the TTB, and their regulations aren't necessarily consistent. And it hasn't necessarily caught up to what we see from a consumer litigation standpoint. Um, and oftentimes, you can be completely compliant within your regulatory realm, but consumers can be calling you out on transparency. And there's a number of things, natural, organic, classic, traditional, clean, simple. I mean, this sounds lovely, right? Like, we all want this, right, as consumers and also as innovators. But these claims don't necessarily have hard and fast definitions. And those gray lines is where we're really starting to see our regulators, but even more so litigators, coming in and tapping on our shoulders and saying, hmm, I have a lawsuit for you. <laughs> so there's three hot spots, health and nutrition and wellness, flavor ingredients, and product characteristics. And I'll, I'll go through these briefly. So one is, is we're talking about health, nutrition, and wellness. This is an area where, in particular, in this category, um, we're seeing that, you know, as we look over in, like, food and beverage, there's a lot of litigation around, okay, so you're talking it's better for you, but this contains a lot of sugar. Is it really better for you? I mean, seriously? Um, and so that's what we're seeing outside of this industry. Some of those claims come in. But you're also starting to see if you actually have better for you claims or how you're talking about your product but happens to contain beverage alcohol which is debatable, right? And what does that actually mean? So an example of this is Vizzy being um, a Molson Coors product facing you know, repeated litigation with their you know, antioxidants, vitamin C, but at the same time containing alcohol. Um, and that's something that um, they continue to be challenged on from a regulatory standpoint. So that's an area that's a hot button. Um, the second thing is, if you think about, like, you always want to talk about, like, how great your product is and the 18 different things on there. And as if you look at this example here, USDA organic, probiotics, antioxidants, adaptogens, 
botanicals, et cetera, when you start to bring more claims in, it starts to create like a spider web of, of things that you have to defend not only individually, but also in combination. So that's just a consideration. While you want to talk about everything, just make sure that you focus on the things that are really substantial and that really that you're, you're looking to, to actually defend. Because the more you put on your pack, the more there is to, to kind of flag and bring out. And the last is, is kind of show, don't tell. Fact-based claims help. Um, when you start to defend the sum of parts and create a claim, whether it's in your advertising or package versus just listing out the facts, that's where we started to see that we've kind of stepped into trouble in some of the cases that we've seen as we do this. And also, like, it does make a difference whether or not you're showing ingredients, a physical picture, because context matters. Or, you know, there's an example of, you know, in the vanilla space in the yogurt category where, you know, if you show, like, um, authentic vanilla, showing vanilla beans and all this natural stuff, and when it's just, you know, artificial vanilla flavoring and consumers are calling that out. But these are learnings that, all of this is coming into our industry, and the activity in the last 12 to 18 months has been nothing like we've ever seen before, and RTDs is where it's at. So I'll kind of just go through this quickly, too, but, you know, flavor, ingredients, and characteristics. I'll just use an example for us. We're bringing um, salsa agave cocktails into the beer space, but it's using a spirits brand. Um, and so what was important for us is, one, to make sure that it was clear that it does not contain distilled spirits, that we put that on the pack itself. But then the other thing is, when we call agave cocktails, that it's sweetened with agave nectar. It doesn't actually have, it's, it's, it's a flavoring versus indicating that it's a tequila. And we partnered very deeply with our legal teams and Boston Beer's legal teams to pull together in the face of actually rapidly changing litigation landscapes to bring this to market. So just some examples as we're thinking about like transparency and what you're bringing to consumers and what's important. And so what are we doing about it? So from a Bean Centauri standpoint, transparency in terms of we have a, um, a website called um, drinksmart.com, which brings in all of our product characteristics and labeling requirements, nutritionals, et cetera. So that's one step that we've taken towards transparency. Um, the other piece that I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer and I'm not um, an R&D specialist, but we do partner quite extensively with our industry groups, Discus, NABCA, et cetera, to bring awareness to the fact that this is happening and to make sure that our industry is educated that this is going on and that they're awake to it. And then we consider responsibility in everything we do. So this extends beyond transparency with the with our liquids, but also responsible consumption. So news you can do is like what steps might you want to consider um, if you're coming to market with something or you have some questions on this. Educate yourself and your organization. This can just start with a Google search, to be honest. Take your claim put it into Google and see what pops up. A lot of things that'll list out what lawsuits are active, um, whether or not it's a hotspot in an area, you know, if anyone's lost any litigation recently. A lot of things do settle outside of court, so that's something to be aware of, which leads me to the second point, is do hire counsel. You can probably whittle down some of your questions through a Google search um, if you're on a budget, but like if you don't have in-house counsel, make sure that you bring in some professionals because they will be up to speed on everything that's settling in court, out of court, and really understand the trends and the hot spots because it is a very dynamic space right now. And then I would say, like, you know, consider defensibility in, in your own reputation, your product's reputation. You know, I think that we can always push the, the boundaries here. Um, I know my team always does, always in partnership with our legal partners. But this is something that, you know, if you do end up in the media, this is really real and that your brands are front and center and it's calling you out for not being transparent. So you want to think about that.
But I would say at the end, to kind of close it out, like it's not the most fun topic to be talking about like regulatory environments and litigation, but it's really important as we as industry stewards and people are passionate and love our industry to make sure that we keep our bar high and that we collectively bring products that consumers love, that they feel good about drinking, um, and they can trust our industry and our brands. So don't stop innovating. This is such an exciting space. You know, let's put the consumer at the heart of everything that we do and we'll continue to uh, grow this industry heads and shoulders. So thank you. Hi everyone, it's Emily again. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying the Park Street Insider podcast, don't forget to rate us and leave a good review. If you're interested in getting involved in Park Street University, email us at psu at parkstreet.com. Thanks a lot.